But I tell you, if you sit there and be the victim, nothing's going to change. The scenario is not going to change. So in my eyes, your only path is to roll with punches. Welcome to Let's Talk CP, the new podcast series about all things cerebral palsy, presented by the Cerebral Palsy Foundation. Each episode features different clinicians, parents, people with CP, and other experts talking about ways to help you better navigate your journey with CP. I'm Jason Benetti, play-by-play announcer of the Chicago White Sox and ESPN, and I have CP. But we never have said his name. You know, I didn't say it, and you haven't said it yet. So, I mean, because you called him Chris, so I didn't say what his full name was. I mean, do you do you want it? Like, do you want to say his name? Yeah, I, I. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, if you know, if if we want to, if you want to mention it in an in intro or anything, um, yeah, I think it's. You know, we we've always talked. It's a, it's it's an interesting aspect, right? Yeah, but when it's definitely did uh, a historical how, point? Right. No, I get that. But when um, I'm just thinking about because you've called him Chris, which actually is his name. His but his middle name is is Ashton. Um, yeah. So when. So was it in college he switched to not using to using Ashton as as his sort of acting name? Is that is that right? So I'm just thinking if we when we like refer to anything in the podcast notes, how do you want me? What do you want? Would you just want me to use his name of Ashton Kutcher or because you call him Chris, your family does. But how do you want us to call? What do you want me to do? Yeah, uh, sorry to confuse the, the listeners on this. Um, you know, my, my brother's, you know, real name is, is Chris and, um, w- within the family circles, is, he's always going to be Chris. Um, but interesting, um, note is when he was a model, uh, in New York, they had a number of models at the agency named Chris. <laughs> and 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 when someone would call for a photo shoot, they would say, "Hey, can you just can you send down Chris?" And um, it got to be a little confusing, I guess. And then they were, you know, looking for unique ways to differentiate my brother, and and uh, got a hold of his middle name, and um, they said, "Okay, well, from now on, we're just." You're going to be Ashton Kutcher. So, from a from a standpoint of his career, he you know he goes by his middle name, um, and that's kind of you know what the uh, your audience probably knows him as the, the household name of Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, that could be. So, question for you then: So, anyone really in college or that young adult time and trying to navigate their way. Uh, through life, romantic relationships, career, all of that, you know, that's tough enough. But then when you have the challenge of, of having, you know, CP, you've got a heart transplant. And now as you just were talking about your, your twin is now becoming a household name and a supermodel. (laughs) So it's, I forgot about that. I forgot about the modeling part, but um, how did that, how did that make you feel, you know, at that time? Did, I mean, did you, you know, what did sort of the process, you know, that you sort of thought process that you had about all that as it relates to you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, from a a, uh, twin uh, development 
uh, twin aspect of it. It was difficult. Um, you know, I felt like a piece of me was kind of leaving. And, um, I was losing some of my identity. You mean because he, um, he was I, moving on or, or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, part of that. Um, and then from a, from a finding my own identity piece, it's, you know, I kind of felt like maybe I got the, the wrong end of the stick. <laughs> it's, okay, you've got a heart transplant, you've got a disability, uh, you've got all this stuff going on with you. Um, and then your brother is on another, your twin brother is on another track uh, where it seems like everything is in his favor and everything's going his way. And, you know, so I struggled with that for for a while, I think, through through college as well and uh, through that, that time period. Um, and it, it really wasn't until maybe my, my later um, years, you know, after college even, that I... Um, I kind of stopped the whole woe is me uh, aspect of it and, and thinking. And um, I think this good segue to where I really had a hard time dealing with the way I was being viewed. And and it was more of, hey, you're, you're Ash and Richard's brother. Um, instead of being just Mike one for who I am. And I started, you know, trying to go through mental and cope with with that. And then don't get me wrong, with 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 some of that comes some good good things and and some opportunities. Uh, but I really was looking for a path. I was looking for an opportunity and to, to maybe make a name for myself and, and show exactly who I was. I'm not okay. Ashen Critch's brother. I'm not a man with cerebral palsy um, or just a heart transplant. I'm Michael Critcher and this is what I stand for. And this is what I believe in. And this is me as an individual. And later in the, the years, and, and Cindy, this is where you and I connected, was I was um you know, I was seeing my brother had success from some of his philanthropy work. And um then I I, I was kind of yeah, there came a, a point where I I um had kind of a a wake up moment in my life about my disability and I realized that, that maybe I could make a difference and I um, I could use being Ashton Critch's brother to the benefit of doing something and, and you know, creating a passion of my own of um, things that I believe in. And that is where our stories connected. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> yes, let's hear about yeah. that. Because I think that is, um, you know, when you made the decision that you were going to 
become involved in advocating in this field, it really had a transformative impact on the field. And you and I have gone to Washington together and done other things. But tell us a little bit about how you made that decision to, you know, to start to to use your voice and this for this for this purpose. As I mentioned that prior, I was very closed off, I guess, when it comes to to my disability. I uh, I still had that societal kind of fear. Uh, and this is, you know, in, in my twenties, in my late twenties, um, I just, you know, felt there's no need to to tell the the crowd that you know that, that I have a disability, and and the thought process once again, I'm now employed with a big corporation. I'm wondering what my employer would think. I'm thinking of uh, you know once again the dating life. I'm of friends um, and how they would view me because I I see how society views individuals with disabilities and and um, I didn't want to be uh, a part of that and you know my brother um, was you know, in the height of his career and he was uh, doing a interview. Uh, with someone and and the interesting thing about being on the you know part of a celebrity family uh so to speak is you know, there's a lot of stuff that gets dug up you know they want to know especially early on when you're, you're kind of rising up through the the celebrity ranks they want to know all about your family and yeah. all about so interesting you know, everything yeah. And, yeah, very yeah very interesting and um through that, you know, uh, they they learned uh, that I had cerebral palsy, and you know, my brother actually, you know, made note of it on a on a interview that he conducted. So it kind of exposed me. And you were mad, and maybe, I think. I remember. Well, it was yeah, it was an exposure I really wasn't comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and you know, I wasn't comfortable with it because of the reasons I, I said. And, um, yeah, I hold no blame against my brother for doing so. Uh, he, he didn't know the feelings I had. But I'm so thankful they did uh, because it, it's given me an opportunity. And, and from that interview he did, kind of became more widely known that Ashton Kutcher's brother had cerebral palsy. and and um, People started contacting me to to uh, to hear my story and, and better understand my dynamics with my brother and and various things. And, and one uh, connection that was made was myself and an individual in Cedar Rapids that was actually um, uh, hosting a, a gala. Uh, for reaching for the stars, and uh, she asked me to be the keynote speaker and the guest speaker for the event and talk about my life with cerebral palsy. I remember uh, it well. I, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I uh, actually told her no. I, I denied the opportunity at first because uh, once again, I just I, I did not want 
my community to to know about my disability. And I, I met with her the second time, and when I met with her, I, I actually met her daughter Bella, who was at the same time the same age as my son. And um, yeah, she she changed my life. Uh, I often say that you know Bella may not. If Bella had cerebral palsy and Bella may not have the same abilities that you and I all have because she had more of a severe form of cerebral palsy, but she had the ability to inspire me and the ability to kind of mold my life and, and show me the path that I need to be on. And it was from that day where I kind of realized, hey, listen, um, I can combine being Ashton Kutcher's brother and have that platform. And I can be kind of an advocate and a voice for Bella and other individuals with cerebral palsy. I can mirror the two, find my passion, and show the world who Michael Kutcher really is. And uh, that's the first time that I accepted. the, the invitation uh, to speak at the, the gala, and it was the first time that I ever told my story and uh, uttered the words that, you know, I'm Michael Kutcher and I have cerebral palsy. And that is, uh, that launched you in a whole new direction for advocacy from then on, as well as a motivational speaker and soon to be author. Maybe you would like to talk a little bit about what made you decide that you would write a write a book at this point in your life. Yeah. Uh, well, you're right. It did. Uh, that was the first time that, that I spoke and told my story, and yeah, you know, and that that night was the first time that you and I uh, had met as well. Yeah, you know, there were so many people at the event and, and along the way in my support group that really came out after I, I made that kind of disclosure that that supported me and I realized that nothing changed. No one viewed me differently. No one had any comment. My life did not change other than having a huge weight off of my shoulders. And, and being who I was and being proud of that. And then I kept hearing from individuals. I, I think you were the first one uh, that night to actually said, you know, you, you have a great story. You have a very motivating, inspirational story and you need to, you need to do this. You need to tell your story more. You could, you could really have a platform for for speaking to people and inspire people. And, um, you know, one event led to another event, led to another event, and then it just kind of grew into this. We had a um, lot of events. That's right. Speaking platform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you were yeah, great. It just kind of grew, grew, grew into this speaking platform, and I've, I've built it out, and I'm able to tell my story. And, and the reception's been amazing. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult not to to keep doing it when you when you hear people that you touched and you 
you see how your story and how your message impacts people's lives and gives people hope and, and, and various things, not only on the disability side, but on the on the organ donation side, on being a twin side, on on a lot of things, you know, encompassed within my life. And I always tell myself that if there's, you know, I'm speaking to maybe 2,000, 4,200 people, but if I just touch one person, then then that's my mission. And that's, that's all I really care about. Um, so, you know, that, uh, that was the, the launch of my, my speaking career. And then, you know, I guess, you know, a number of years ago, right around that time, uh, you and I had the conversation about, you know, taking that story and putting it into a book. And I drugged my feet. I drugged my feet. And, um, you know, I know, I know at times, uh, I've spoken to various people about, about writing it and, uh, trying to collaborate on it. And, uh, finally, about two years ago, I just said, Hey, you know what? If you're going to do this, then you either do it or you don't. But if you don't do it, you're always going to regret it. So, you know, I don't want to live in a world where, you know, years and years down the road, I have something that I regret. And I, I, I know that this story would help so many people, but due to my own selfishness, I just failed to do it. And that's why I didn't want. So, you know, it, it's been a long journey, but I'm in kind of the final edits of it and, uh, coming to a bookshelf near you in the, I would say the upcoming year. That's what I was just going to ask. I'm sure everyone is going to know, want to know when this book is, is coming out. And I've had the honor of being able to look at one of your rough drafts. And it's, I think it's going to be an incredible book that people will really want to read. So you think sometime in 2021? Yeah. You know, once we get through our crazy year here, uh, right. <laughs> that we're de- dealing with the pandemic, I would say that uh, it probably should be ready to go mid to, to late summer of 2021. Well, I can't wait for that. I hope I, I hope I get a personalized autographed copy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. Well, I have just a Absolutely. couple of uh, last questions for you. Um, because as you know, yeah. we have a lot of... The Cerebral Palsy Foundation has a really large uh, population of adults with CP. And, and you know, I mean, there's just not, there's not enough, you know, healthcare. There's not enough information. There's just not enough out there for adults with CP. As, as now, you know, you're a father, you're a husband, you are, you know, you have a great job. Does your CP play any role currently do you have to make any particular modifications or have considerations uh in your day-to-day adult life now with cp uh or is it really not so much of a factor anymore i would say that i do but i do so subconsciously uh because it's it's what i've kind of learned to adapt you know, funny stories, you know, I'm, of course, 70% deaf in my left ear. So, you know, there's certain things that my wife and I do to adapt to that. Um, she knows that when we go on a date, we're sitting down at a restaurant or in a movie theater, she always sits on my right side. Um, so, 
you know, just little things like that that maybe I'm not aware of that they go on. Unless maybe, um, unless if you're in an argument, maybe she'd want to sit on the other side. Well, <laughs> you know, one of the great, one of the great things that if you're if you're deaf in one ear and you're sleeping on your good ear, you uh, you know, you can't hear all the noises or the wind or whatever. Um, but the downside is um, when you're sleeping with your spouse and you miss hearing them say I love you um, <laughs> it, it doesn't boast too well when when you're not responding back um, <laughs> um, so just some funny stories there but you know in, in my professional life I, I do find it a challenge uh, I don't have the mobility in my right hand is as much and I favor my left so I've had to adapt you know if if I want to keep up and be able to type, you know, an email and, and various things at a speedy pace, I've got to find ways to do it. I've got to find ways to adapt to the situation to do it. It doesn't mean I can't do it. I just have to find another alternative to be able to do it to the ability where I'm comfortable and achieve the same outcome. And that's the, the one power I think that individuals with, with disabilities have that maybe able-bodied people don't realize is that we can do things just as much as you can, but we've got to try harder. We've got to adapt a little bit better to get the same result. So I find that as being a positive and not a negative. And so typing, right? It, it can be a challenge, but um, I've learned to type just as well as, as anyone else. I, I find myself having to maybe concentrate a little bit more uh, when when speaking with, with people. Um, I've found myself having to slow down my speech so, um, you know, people can can maybe better understand me through my, my speech impediments. But it's all things that I've grown through my life to adapt to and to to accept. And as I said, not play the victim of of these kind of inabilities and, and yeah, I think I mentioned to you before I I really don't like the word disability. Um I've found a new kind of form to phrase it of just of calling it a, a disability, like we're different. Oh, um, because I like that. You know, my yeah, because he, here's the thing: is that a who wants to be all the same? I don't want to be like anyone else. I want to be me. Uh, number two is there's things that you can do. That I can't do. I'm okay with that. You know, um, there's things you can do better than me, and I'm okay with that, and vice versa. So we're different, right? Who cares? We're different. And and we need to accept, personally, um, as an individual with a disability, and as a society, that we are different. And accept people's ability, their 
there, except for what people can do that makes them different than what maybe people struggle at or can't do. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that is a really great, a really great philosophy because we are all different and there's lots of things that people do differently than, than other people. Yep. For sure. 100%. That's uh that's great advice. And so one other comment that I, or question that I have, because we get this a lot at the Cerebral Palsy Foundation, you know, what are you, do you exercise or do, you know, other things right now uh, to keep your, because everybody, you know, has health that they want to keep in as good of condition as possible. But do you take time, you know, for self-care or exercise or different things, um, either, you know, relating yeah. to or not relating to your, your CP? I wish I took more time. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize how busy I am until till we you know, laid everything out. Uh, I wish I did have more time for, for personal health, mental health, personal growth. And you know physical health with that, and and I you know many years ago I I ran a couple uh, half marathons and and I enjoy running and and I've started to pick it up uh, recently. My wife is big into yoga, so she's got me into yoga and doing some yoga as well. And I really find it enjoyable and therapeutic. Um, not only from a mental standpoint, but definitely from a physical standpoint, um, helps me kind of loosen up. What's your, uh, what's your favorite and, yoga pose? <laughs> what's your... uh, my favorite yoga pose. Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, yeah, you caught me in the mind, Blake, here. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna anything, guess warrior pose. <laughs> no, I I hate warrior pose. Hate warrior. Um, anything that isn't strenuous, <laughs> I would go for. Um, child's pose, you know, child's pose. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Yes, child's pose is probably my. Or anything that's at the end of the workout, which is, is great. Um, but you know, I think that that it's important. Um, to you know, for physical and mental health, uh, to have that, and, and it definitely helps me, and um, helps me be a little bit more flexible and loosen up some of the muscles as well. Because I've learned over the years, that, and I don't really know if it's CP related or not, that I feel like my muscle movement is is definitely getting tighter. Uh, and it could just be old age. I don't know. You're not old um, yet. <laughs> well, we're, yeah, we're, uh, we're getting there, right? Uh, um, there's yeah. only, only one thing that's certain. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, uh, time as well. And, and back to the, the conversation about, you know, the appreciation for time and, and stuff like that. Well, that's true. And then we all are dealing with the use it or lose it sort of situation with our tightness of our muscles and things like that. But I do think yep. that uh, it's true that with, with cerebral palsy, especially, you know, with the spasticity and things like that, that tightness um, and those other sort of secondary factors do become more of an issue with 
uh, as we age. And I think it's hard oftentimes for adults with CP to find healthcare providers that understand sort of that additional element, you know, as, as well. So I think that's a good reminder, you know, for everyone to, to take that seriously so that your mobility stays, you know, as, as strong as possible as, as we, as we age, all of us. I agree. Yeah, for sure. So my last question for you is broad. So, uh, is a broad one, but whatever, uh, you might like to say on this particular topic, but if you had to either, uh, or both give advice to a family who might be earlier on their journey, you know, with a child with CP, and for other adults out there, young adults uh, or adults of any age with a, d- a disability doesn't necessarily have to be CP. But what, you know, do you have any just last thoughts for them or advice or just, you know, positive motivational words? And when are you coming, yeah. and when are you coming uh, back to Washington, D.C. with me again? <laughs> so. Oh, once we, once we get through this uh this crazy pandemic, um, I would love to be back there and, and be invoking some change and fighting uh, for for some change and, and being a, a voice. Uh, let's skip through 2020 yes. uh, first, please. Yes. Um, in, in terms of um, inspirational words for, you know, parents out there, um, I think I would say, you know, embrace it. So there may be struggles and there will be struggles in the journey that you're on. And it's it's definitely probably a a journey and you feel it every day. There's there's ups and there's downs and there's, there's going to be bumps in the road but there's a reason why those bumps are there because it's I'm a firm believer and this can go to to families it can go to you know anyone struggling with a disability is you're not giving giving anything that you can't can't deal with it's it's how you view it like i said you can either be the victim or you can roll with the punches but i tell you if you sit there and be the victim nothing's going to change the scenario is not going to change so in my eyes your only path is to roll with punches and realize that these aren't punches to put you down. That they're punches to build you up and make you a better better individual. And they're actually opportunities. They're opportunities for you to grow, for you maybe to learn a lesson in some things, to build relationships, to maybe find some some self, some things within yourself that, that you were unaware of. Maybe the ability to, you know, embrace a different part of your your life or aspect of your life that you were not 
you know, aware of or comfortable with. Uh, these aren't whatever you're facing, whether it be a child with a disability or having a disability yourself. It's it's not a setback. It's opportunity. Uh, so once you start viewing it as opportunity and embracing it, doors open up and you start to see the world in a whole different light. Well, those are very wise words. And Michael, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast today. I know everyone is really going to enjoy this conversation and just how open and free you've been with all of your your insight and your story. And we cannot wait for your book to be published. Do you have a name for your book that we could all look forward to? Or is that still under wraps? I haven't. I haven't really settled on one, and I'm, I'm kind of want to hold that under wraps. Okay, no, uh, until I have a final disclosure. But okay. uh, it will definitely be coming out soon. And and uh, thank you for for you know giving the the uh, kind of heads up with that, and um, for all of your support along the way. Absolutely, Michael. Thank you for being a, a good friend both to me and to the Cerebral Palsy Foundation. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk CP. I'm Jason Benetti, CPF ambassador and sports television announcer. If you like our show and want to know more, please visit our new CP resource page at cpresource.org, where you can listen to all of our episodes and subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in Let's Talk CP, we'd appreciate a rating. And please tell a friend or another family member about the show to help others and increase cerebral palsy awareness and education. Be sure to tune in to Let's Talk CP for our next episode. This podcast represents the opinions of our guests and the content should not be taken as medical advice. Each person and situation is unique, so please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.